Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Radio Affiliates Level 2. This is Fortrage. I am Gable Morency. We're breaking it down. Ian Cameron kicking it with us. One of the Ice Guys Sports Pub uh, Radio, the Hockey Podcast uh, Network. Uh, so, Babano, Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, 4-2 winners uh, this evening against the Montreal Canadiens. Canadians have off to a great start, but that is 0-2 now against the Maple Leafs. Uh, big win for the Leafs, and secondary players got it done. It wasn't the star players for the Leafs tonight. That's the great thing, Marenzi, about these last two Toronto wins. They didn't play great against Vancouver Monday night, and yet they still 3-1. They capitalized twice on successive mistakes in the defensive zone for two quick goals, and they won that game 3-1. to It was basically the same script tonight against Montreal. Montreal's playing a fine game. They're not doing anything wrong, but they suddenly uh, leave the defenseman, Justin Hall, wide open to skate you know, right into the middle of the ice inside the blue line and just take all the time in the world to wire that shot past Carey Price for the 2-1 goal. It was a breakdown in coverage there. Uh, and then, of course, just a turned-over puck in front of the net led to the third Leaf goal just a minute later. And that's all it takes against a team like Toronto. Gabe, you'd make a couple of mistakes, and the puck's in the back of your net, and you're on the losing end of a game. That's really all it yeah, takes. But- and the thing that I am uh, encouraged by for the Leafs is they got outplayed a little bit by Vancouver. Tonight, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, Tavares, all the big guns get shut down, but they get goals from two of their defensemen. They get Ilya Mikheyev, a depth forward, to score as well for them. They're finding other ways to win, and with Frederick Anderson playing as well as he has now the last several games, you can understand why the Leafs are leading this division right now. They are playing great hockey at all ends of the ice. I've not seen a Leaf team play defense as well as they have so far this season in years. This is the Toronto Maple Leafs' best chance of winning a Stanley Cup probably since like 19, uh, the early 90s, uh, to be honest, just due to the format, the way that it plays out. The Toronto Maple Leafs haven't won a playoff series in forever. They always lose to the Boston Bruins or the Washington Capitals, or and they just can't beat these teams. They they don't have to play these teams this time around, right? They you know, all the divisions are going to play against each other. A couple of playoff series is, and then each division will send a representative into the semifinals. So if you're the Montreal Canadiens, like a team from Canada hasn't won a cup since 1993, this is your best chance, Canada. It's your best chance. One of your asses is getting like catapulted into the semifinals into the final four. Right, so we'll break this down on the other side. One of the best bets in sports, the New York Rangers to the under. Now nine and three to the under on the season. Bring it. Since you were a little kid, you've always loved sports. So have we. One of us. One of us. One of us. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com It's 
It's not your wife. It's not your kids. It's not your neighbor. And it sure isn't your boss. Only we understand you. We are your friends. You're listening to The Winning Edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Welcome to the 117th dust-up between the snort and swine of Springfield A&M and the Springfield University Nittany Tide. Oh, doctor, break out the hickory switch. The late-night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Renzi. We're kicking with Ian Cameron. The ice guys are in the house, although the battle bets on it all. Basketball, college, uh, basketball, football, no cricket uh, for Babano, no West Indies and uh, Bangladesh. Cam says take Bangladesh. They're plus 110. They're up 84-1 right now. 84 over 1. Whatever the hell that means. Um, it sounds like they're up by a lot, but they're really not. <laughs> they're, really, they're really not. Uh, but we should note, this is uh, like a five-day test match. Think about that, Babano. The game is five days long. Five days long. You bet this thing. You got to be careful when you bet. If you ever like, you know, if you're, you're up in the middle of the night and you're like, you know what, I'm going to bet some cricket. Make sure you know whether it's like, uh, is it a match or is it a day test match? Because there's, there's matches that can last, you know, four to six hours. And there's these five-day test matches, three-day test match. Five days, Babano. Imagine placing your bet and not knowing. You, uh, you wouldn't like that very much. <laughs> Yeah, wake me up on the fifth day, and even then, I may not watch. That's what I. That's probably how I'll handle it. Yeah, yeah. If cricket becomes popular, but Bano's going to be selling cricket picks in a couple of years. That's your take on <laughs> soccer all the time, but Bano. That any time there's a big soccer turn, but Bano's commenting on soccer. It's like, no, you're not allowed. You don't watch soccer ever. You're not allowed to subtly comment on it. And but Bano's got picks on soccer. Can't wait, yeah, Euro this uh, this summer. Can't wait for Babano's Euro picks. Well, my guys are telling me. <laughs> my guys. So that's it. Rest can, assured, can if there got... are any Euro picks, it'll be guys making them, not me. Babano <laughs> yeah. will be complaining about the match. Oh, this, this game is no good. Oh, it's like, all right, uh, so... As I was mentioning, I went to the break. Even if you're not the if you're not the biggest hockey fan and you're tuning in right now, but you bet on sports, you don't have to even watch the games. You know, just bet. <laughs> don't watch the damn game. But I'll tell you what, the new the New York the New York Rangers, this this under and people don't think of the Rangers as an under machine, but they are Babano now. Now up to nine and three to the under on the season after another under. Uh, tonight, I'm a big fan. I've been riding this underwave with the Islanders and uh, the Rangers. And I'll tell you what, I stayed away from, I played the under tonight in this game. I like Boston. I stayed away from Boston just fundamentally. I showed some discipline tonight, and I was like, it's going to be a close game. I don't want to lay. It was my, it closed at minus 184, Babana. It was too high for me to lay. I hit the under in the game, but I left Boston on the table. It frustrates me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the New York Rangers, there's a reason why there's been value to the under with this team early in the season. It's because last year they were a very high-scoring team that was very leaky defensively that didn't necessarily always get good goaltending. Remember last year was the end of the uh, run for Henrik Lundqvist. You know, early in the season he was really struggling, and that's when they made the decision, you know, we're going to really give Alexander Georgiev and Igor Shesterkin uh, more of the starts down the stretch. And this season we were waiting. We thought the Rangers would have no problem scoring goals. 
but that has been a little bit of a problem lately for them. I mean, you look at Artemi Panarin's got 15 points, five goals, 10 assists, and then after that, you go all the way down the roster, and the next guy has eight points, and that's Pavel Buchnevich, and then it's Ryan Strom with six points, and then after that, You've got a bunch of forwards that should be doing a lot better than they are. Chris Kreider's only got four points in 12 games. Mika Zibanejad's been the huge disappointment so far. He has three points and just one goal for the New York Rangers in 12 games. This is a guy that had an incredible season last year. So they're not putting the puck in as much. I think their defensive game has improved. I think it's improved even more since they got the uh, problem that was Anthony D'Angelo off the team. I think since he got waived, their blue line has played better. And the goalies, Georgiev and Shesterkin, have been solid. So you put all those factors together, Gabe, you've got a team that's got value under the total because they're not scoring as much, and the defense and goaltending has been there. So we talked about them being money to the under, and it's guys, they're 7-1 and one to the under in their last eight hockey games. Uh, they play again Friday, Babano. So they're off tomorrow. They play again Friday. Boston at New York once again. Boston at New York once again on Friday. It's a lot. That's the theme of this year in the National Hockey League. A lot of rematches. So Toronto beat Montreal tonight 4-2. Big win for the Leafs. Let's move forward here, Babano, and get your thoughts on the overnight uh, situation in the National Hockey League. Pittsburgh Penguins, of course, uh, bring in Ron Hextall and uh, Brian Burke. They take on the New York Islanders, and uh, the Islanders are another team of a battle that have been a, a strong under team, 8-3 and three to the under on the season for the New York Islanders. Uh, Penguins are an over team, 7-3 and three to the over um, in their last 10 hockey games. What do you make of this Penguins-Islanders matchup, and what impact, if any, does Burke and Hextall taking over have? Uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that, uh, you know, Brian Burke takes over president of hockey operations, Ron Hextall is GM, and all of a sudden the Penguins are going to go on a run. But I think for the very first game with the new regime coming on board, I think at least for one game that might make everybody snap to attention here for Pittsburgh for one game. It's like, okay, you know, we've got the new regime here. You know, they realize the situation. There's so many moving parts with the Penguins. Do they still feel they can be a Stanley Cup contender? Does Brian Burke and Ron Hextall still think they can be a Stanley Cup contender? And if they don't think that, and if the Penguins continue to sputter along here at mediocrity, this is a 5-6 and six hockey team right now, there's going to be some tough decisions to be made, such as what do we do with the core three? You know, Crystal Tang's the most likely guy to get moved. Uh, from this Pittsburgh Penguins team at the trade deadline. I'll be completely honest about Chris Letang's game. He has been not just bad. He has been awful defensively. Terrible. He has been given pucks away. He's been making mistakes. He's been beaten to the front of the net by speed of opposing forwards time and time and time again. It's it's unfortunate to see it because he's been such a good player for a long time, but there's no doubt he has been a liability on the blue line for Pittsburgh this year. And now the question is, you haven't traded him yet. Is the value gone down? Where do you think Pittsburgh is as a team? I, to me, they're not a Stanley Cup contender right now. And at this rate, they're just hoping to be a playoff team, I think, right now. And that's not even a sure thing. They have struggled. I do think you're going to get a better effort from them tonight. I know they've lost three of their last four. They lost the first game to the Islanders 4-3 uh, the other night. Uh, I would expect a pretty good effort from Pittsburgh. Is it enough to win? No. But in this spot, I'd probably look toward uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins a little bit. Islanders are off a nice 2 nothing shutout over the Rangers. They beat Pittsburgh the game before that. But the Islanders haven't been great shakes either. In fact, the Islanders gave, they haven't had a win streak of longer than two 
this season. Of course, they're coming off back-to-back wins. I may give Pittsburgh a look in this game. I'm certainly leaning a little to the Penguins tomorrow night. One thing we can tell you, the New York Islanders, for whatever reason, have dominated. Remember, they beat them in the playoffs, too. right? They swept them uh, in the playoffs. Uh, they've dominated the Penguins. They've won seven of the last eight times against Pittsburgh. The New York Islanders uh, have. The last time they played, it did go, uh, it did go over. Um, so, you know, the Islanders have been a big under team, but it's tough to, it's tough when you, you play an under in a Pittsburgh uh, Penguin game. As we stated, they're, they're an over team. They're seven and four to the over on the season. Interesting uh, matchup there, though. Tampa and Florida, actually, normally the banner wouldn't be hyped up as a big time hockey game, but if you look at their records, we're talking about a 9 1 1 team taking on a 7 1 1 hockey team. The Florida Panthers have been very good this year. And Tampa or Tampa, interesting uh, matchup, the Battle of Florida uh, going on right now. And I tell you, Pabano, so I was going to say it's Florida's world. We're just living in it. I never even did the dots and thought about it. But if you look, so Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers win the Super Bowl. The Los Angeles Dodgers won the World Series. And the, the uh, Los Angeles Lakers won the NBA Finals. So think out of the four championships, L.A. and Tampa, like they were the only two cities to win. And hell, Tampa actually nearly won the World Series too. Like Tampa's like nearly the other city of champions. So we got Tampa and Florida. Big game. We'll break it down with Pabano. Edmonton, Montreal, Columbus, Chicago. Chicago's another big under team so far this year. The late night anger match for the class continues. Bring it. Listening to the home of the winning edge. It's easy to get. Just keep it here. Get on the grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Don't think of us as a place to just hear sports talk. Think of us more as an all-you-can-listen buffet of live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. Hey, look! There's a big crowd. Welcome us back, even though we lost. Hey, I'll give you something to cry about, you loser. You can't catch a football? Let's see if you can catch a rock. <laughs> This is Sports Rage. I am Renzi. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates, Sports Byline, Sports Map Radio. Uh, kicking it, Sirius XM Channel 204. Ian Cameron, one of the ice guys, uh, joining us. Uh, breaking it down, taking a look at the overnight uh, puck lines uh, right now. So, Babana, we can't hit every game because uh, we'll be here uh, all night. Um, so, 
Uh, we've got the Edmonton. I'll just blast through the overnight numbers and then I'll circle back to some of the games here. Edmonton and Montreal. So Montreal lost tonight to, uh, to Toronto 4-2. They play again in Montreal. This time it's Edmonton. So Edmonton roll in here. Edmonton's plus 118 overnight. Montreal are minus 138. The total is six and a half. We talked about the Pittsburgh Penguins in the Islanders game. The game is a pick on minus 108. Both sides total five and a half. Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, minus 174, Panthers, plus 146, total six and a half, both teams playing great hockey, only have lost one time in regulation each. Columbus and Chicago, Chicago actually favorites, minus 118, total five and a half, Red Wings, plus 172 at Nashville, Nashville minus 205, five and a half is your over-under, the Ottawa Senators are plus 180 at Winnipeg, the Jets, minus 215, total six and a half. Um, the Carolina Hurricanes, minus 126 road favorites at Dallas, plus 108 are the stars, five and a half, Anaheim Ducks and uh, Vegas, these guys played the other night, and uh, Duck games normally go under the number, but it went over because Vegas are a better team, and Vegas imposed their will, Vegas minus 230, Ducks plus 190, five and a half, Calgary Flames minus 152, Taking on the Vancouver Canucks over under six and a half. And the San Jose Sharks and the Los Angeles Kings. Man, we got a lot of games tomorrow, Babano. Sharks and Kings. Sharks minus 118. Kings plus 100. Over under five and a half. Let's circle back to that Edmonton-Montreal game. How do you uh, expect the Canadians to bounce back after losing uh, tonight? Yeah, it's a tricky uh, in-between spot for Montreal because they played Toronto tonight. They played Toronto again on Saturday, and then they've got the Oilers uh, coming to town uh, on uh, tomorrow night uh, against the Canadians. Uh, Edmonton beat Ottawa twice in a row. Um, it's tr- Montreal is pretty good bouncing back. They've been that way this year, but they're laying a buck forty. It's dangerous team Edmonton right now. They're 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 playing well, and like the Leafs tonight. Edmonton beat Ottawa in those two games without getting a ton from McDavid and Dreisaitl. They actually got some depth scoring finally, and even some of their defensemen chipping in and adding to the offense. So I wouldn't fault anyone for taking Montreal. I lean that way, but the price isn't cheap. And it's just one of those weird sandwich spots where you're playing the Oilers and you got Toronto again on Saturday. But uh, like I say, I lean Montreal, but I don't love the price. I'll probably leave it alone. What about Tampa Bay and uh, Florida? Battle of Florida here. Total six and a half. Lightning minus one seventy four. So there's no doubt Florida's improving. Improved this year. They're seven and three. Uh, they've definitely gotten better defensively. They're allowing just two point seven goals per game. They're actually in the top half of the NHL in fewest goals allowed this season. That's never happened to a Florida Panthers team uh, for several years. They've been a sieve defensively uh, for several years. They made a couple of additions on the blue line. They got a really good defenseman in his own zone in Marcus Nudavara, who played at Columbus under Tortorella, defensive-minded system there. Uh, and he's helped this team defensively. Their structure's been better. The goaltending from Bobrovsky and Dreger's been good. And I'd like to buy into Florida defense. I think they're a little bit better defensively. I don't doubt that. However, I'm going to poke some holes in them being all of a sudden this great defensive team. They played four teams this year, Chicago, Columbus, Detroit, and Nashville, all four of those opponents for Florida, 20th or worse in the NHL in goals per game this season. So they haven't faced anybody yet, the Panthers, that have the offensive prowess of, say, 
yeah, the Tampa Bay Lightning, who they're going to play here, who just happen to be second in the league in goals. We know they have four lines that can score. They're loaded up front. They've got a good mobile puck-moving defense. I don't know if I want to lay the price with Tampa, and I've gotten more used to betting some props, some team totals this year. I really like the Lightning team total in this game. It'll be three and a half. Probably with some juice, minus 140 or so, uh, over three and a half Tampa Bay team total. They've scored four goals or more in six of the last seven games, uh, as well as six of the last seven meetings head-to-head against the Florida Panthers. I'm not ready to totally buy into Florida's improvement defensively. They haven't played anybody that can score like Tampa. I like Tampa's team total over in that game. Ian Cameron kicking with us. I am Gable Morenzi. It's a good point that you raised as far as Florida's concerned. Now, just let me just clarify as well. You said they're seven and three. I said, you know, one loss in regulation. And that's the one thing I don't like about hockey standings. It's too convoluted, bro. You don't want any standings that have four categories and stuff, right? So, like Florida Babano, they're not seven and three. They're seven, one, one, and one. <laughs> yeah, seven, yeah. One, seven, one, 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 and one, 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 and one. That's yeah, what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I hear what you're saying. They're seven and three. They've lost. But that's the thing. I, it bothers me, too. They didn't lose, and they lost in these shootouts, right? So I don't know. It's like, what, a shootout loss? It's dumb. The NHL should go to three freaking points. Yeah, like make it less. They don't want to do it because they don't want their standings to look like go oh, 184 points and stuff like that. But their standings are stupid now. I've hated it for years. It bothers me. It says crap. You look at a team's record. Oh, they're nine one zero and one. It's like, well, what the hell does that mean? Like, what do you mean? Well, nine, the fundamental one, reason one, for the NHL that doing that and was to try to keep like, every team. Yeah, it was trying to keep every team as competitive as possible and keep every single team that they can in the playoff chase for as long as possible. That's why they adopted this point system. But I agree with you. It needs some tweaking. It needs some adjustment. Yeah, it just doesn't roll off the tongue. And then we get a debate like this. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, they're seven and three, or they're they're technically seven one and one. And one, <laughs> and one, uh, and one. Yeah, one so, overtime uh, loss, one shootout loss. Yeah, which is the two ones after the seven. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's just dumb. I hate it. <laughs> it's stupid. So, <laughs> Colum- Columbus, Columbus, and Chicago. I was going to say we can't get there every game, but considering how many games have been scratched, it's amazing, guys. Washington and Buffalo, New Jersey, Philadelphia, St. Louis, Minnesota, Arizona, Colorado, all would have played tomorrow, Babano. That's insane. Postponed. Um, so Columbus, Chicago. Columbus and Chicago, Babano. The Blackhawks stumbled out of the gate, but they've been hot as of late. I'm not really in a hurry to bet this game. It's such a toss-up between a team like Columbus and Chicago, so evenly matched. But we'll give credit to the Blackhawks. Uh, the Blackhawks have been winning games as of late, uh, Babano. They have. Uh, they have. Uh, we've got to give them definitely some credit uh, because Chicago thought to be blowing it up, rebuilding, uh, looking toward the future, uh, and yet here they are 4-1 and one in their last five games. Uh, and, you know, they've split with Carolina, who's a pretty good hockey team. Uh, they beat Dallas twice. 
back-to-back games in overtime. You could argue they got outplayed in the second game, but I'll tell you why Chicago was winning games. Their defense has improved, kind of like Florida uh, of the West right now. Their defense has improved a bit, and it's amazing when you get a save or two how much better you play. Uh, And Malcolm Subban deserves credit. He's played good when he's been in there. Kevin Lankinen, who's gotten most of the starts this year for the Blackhawks, has been solid. So it's been a nice run. Four wins in their last five. They haven't even been lighting up the scoreboard, and yet they've found ways to win, which was the strength of the team last year was scoring goals when they couldn't keep the puck out of their own net. However, I'm probably be looking to go against them here. I think Columbus could be a little bit of a bet on team moving forward. They've won two of their last three. I know a lot was made of Patrick Lyonet being benched the other night in the in the game against uh, Carolina. Uh, Tortorella and Lyonet said it's over. It was due to Lyonet apparently mouthing off to one of the assistant coaches uh, in the game. It had nothing to do with anything you, he did on the ice apparently. They, they, right away they said it's behind us now. We're going to move forward. I, I think Columbus definitely offensively they're going to be better with Lyonet there. Uh, they've definitely looked like a team that's had a little bit more offensive, you know, pushing the pace a little bit more, being a bit more aggressive, shooting the puck a lot more, which has been an issue for the Blue Jackets uh, in the past. I think they'll go into Chicago and pick up the road win. I think they're a team to watch out for. I think they're going to be a team maybe to bet on and maybe a team to bet over the total as well because you're going to get value. You're only going to get five and a half totals with Columbus, and they are a better offensive team now that Patrick Lyonet is on it. It's been uh, it's been a disastrous year for the Detroit Red Wings and the Nashville Predators so far uh, this season. Uh, they've won a combined eight games between the two of them. They've lost seventeen between between the two of them. Nashville are pretty big favorites, nearly a two to one favorite at Bridgestone Arena, uh, Babano on Thursday night. But we should note the uh, Detroit Red Wings have actually beaten these guys three the last four times. Uh, that they've played, they haven't played yet this year, though. So whatever you know, for whatever that's worth, they haven't played uh, yet this year. It's hard to trust Nashville laying that big price, but Detroit do blow. I I'm looking at Detroit here, Marenzi. I am. Sometimes you got to just you got to do a Cam Stewart. You know, you got to hold your nose and take the big dog. I think I'll be doing that with Detroit here. That's a Mark uh, in this one. Some, it's, yeah, that's a Mark Lawrence that uh, Cam took. Yeah, it's the nose plug pick. <laughs> I'm not a fan of Nashville at all. This team has so many flaws, you, you can't keep track of them all. Defensively, remember when this team had Roman Yossi and they had Subban and it, it, when he was you know probably at his best, and they had a great blue line one through six. Well, they have Yossi and pretty much no one now uh, on this Nashville blue line. I'm seeing so many mistakes and breakdowns in the defensive zone. I remember the days Barry Trotz coached this Nashville team for years. He would be fit to be tied right now watching Nashville try to play defense in their own zone. He'd be We'll talk about it more after the break, but yeah, Nashville's not playing good. Uh, hard to trust that leg, uh, Buck 90 or so. Sports rage late night continues. Remember, you can listen to Sports Grid on the radio, TV, satellite, or the internet. To make it any easier, we'd have to move in with you. And nobody wants that. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, 
Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. There are 24 hours in every day. 1,440 minutes. 86,400 seconds. And we still have trouble squeezing all this glorious sports talk in. Have you thought about maybe sleeping less? This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. stupid horse i got my last 10 bucks on you no don't look at me run no don't come over here the late night anger match because this is sports rage i am gable morency 19 years of rage rolling along here kicking it with ian cameron in a late night hours talking pucks Earl Skakel will join us a little bit uh, later on. Uh, we're going to be uh, breaking it down uh, with Earl. We'll run the gauntlet with one of the top comedians in Hollywood, uh, California. Earl's been doing hockey roast as well. I saw that he hosted a, uh, a roast for Shane Doan uh, the other day, which actually probably must have been pretty tough. I wanted to ask Earl about that the other night, but our phone lines blew up on the Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Um, I want to ask Earl about that on Sunday night because Shane Doan, man, guy's a pretty clean cut, you know, pretty yeah. clean cut dude. Like, I don't know, like, how do you roast him? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. Shot There's not a lot of meat yeah, on that yeah. bone to pick away at yeah. when it comes to Shane right. Doan. Great man off the ice, great, you know, leader yeah. in the dressing room, all this great stuff. Like, where's the flaws in that guy? Good luck with that. Well, the thing is, you, know, you can't really joke. You can say, oh, he was late for practice one day. Like, if it was Sean Avery or something, he'd be like, oh, yeah, one time. <laughs> I mean, like, like Dan, yeah. what are you going to say about Don? I, I'm curious, curious to see what uh, what Earl came up with uh, for, for the Shane Doan roast. So um, so we're talking about Detroit and Nashville. I don't want to spend too much time on this game because they suck um, and nobody really cares about either franchise. But from a betting perspective, you're willing to roll the dice on the Detroit Red Wings here, huh? Yeah, I am. They're struggling defensively. They're they're not a great offensive team this at all. Either the uh, Predators, it's been Philip Forsberg, and not much else to support him so far this season. And what's really amazing about how bad the Predators so far have been is their special teams. Their power play is struggling, and their penalty kill it's just getting lit up. You know, right now, every single night. You've got teams scoring on the power play against this Nashville team. Their penalty kill's just been atrocious. Look, it's trust, tough to trust Detroit, a three-win hockey team. I get it, but you know they're not the team laying minus two hundred here. Nashville is, and Detroit—they only lost by a goal to Florida the other night, and they beat Florida four to one. Uh, the game before that, Detroit's playing hard. Jeff Blaschel's team is uh, giving you a good, honest, hard work ethic type of performance every night. That might be enough to maybe steal one here. So I'm going to roll the dice here and take the big plus price with Detroit. Another another mismatch on the schedule. The Ottawa Senators and the Winnipeg Jets. Jets are minus two fifteen. Ottawa Senators plus one eighty. Total six and a half. These teams have played each other three times already this year. Uh, they played January nineteenth, January twenty first, and January twenty third. And Winnipeg has won all three games. 6-3, 4-1, and 4-3 in overtime of Abano. What about uh, this one? Ottawa has really been struggling. They battle. 
they, you know what I mean? They they battled early in the season, then they hit a wall. They were getting killed by Vancouver, and they got called out. They've been competitive, but they lose. So they lost by one goal the other night to Edmonton, but they are just a 2-11-1 hockey team going into Winnipeg. I don't really want to lay a big price with the Jets here, though. What's your take on this one? Yeah, I mean, Ottawa 1-12 their last 13 games. They played Winnipeg three times earlier this season. Winnipeg won all three, and they outscored Ottawa 14-7. to Doubled them up in those three games. And, you know, when you face Ottawa, you've got to look at the opponent. Are they in a spot where they could overlook Ottawa? I don't know if Winnipeg will because they're coming off a loss. So maybe if teams come off a win and you play Ottawa, maybe then you're a little bit sleepwalking and maybe take them lightly. I don't think the Jets will. 3-2 loss to Calgary in their last game. And I don't think they will because it's Pierre-Luc Dubois' first home game as a member of the Winnipeg Jets. This will be his home debut here. He talked about in the Calgary game that Dubois didn't play well. He had, didn't have a shot on goal, minus one. He said, I just needed a game to get my timing back, get my hands back, get my rhythm. Uh, again, playing in a game with a new team, new line mates. I'd expect him to be a lot better now with a game under his belt and the Jets as a whole as well in this game, just having that one game with Dubois and their center ice position. Now that they've added Dubois, you've got Mark Shifley, Paul Stastny, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Adam Lowry as your four centers down the middle. That's great depth. They have actually a great four, a quartet now at the center ice position, this Winnipeg team. That's going to help them a lot. Uh, Hellebuck's playing well in net. And poor Senators, early in the season, Gabe, they can't, can't keep the puck out of their own net. They couldn't stop a nosebleed, uh, but they could score. Now it's the the reverse. They can't score now, but they're playing at least a little bit better defensively, as is Matt Murray. But now they can't score any goals. They've scored four goals in their last three games combined. I'm going to lay Winnipeg in the regulation here. You can get the three-way money line or regulation line on Winnipeg at around minus 140. You at least get a better price on it with the uh, regulation bet than the money line around minus 200. That's the way I'm going to go. Winnipeg's won five straight against Ottawa. I'll lay the minus 140 with the Jets in regulation. Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Babano, throwing it down with us. Uh, Sports Pub Radio, the Ice Guys, the Hockey uh, Podcast uh, Network. We'll let Babano explain everywhere you where you can find him before he goes uh, tonight. Carolina and Dallas. Carolina, here I am. Rock you like a hurricane. Uh, great song, great band, Scorpions. Um, so uh, Carolina Hurricanes, these guys uh, just played, um, they just played on January 31st. They beat Dallas uh, 4-3. They played the night before as well, and Carolina won uh, 4-1. So Carolina's beaten them uh, twice uh, this year. Carolina pretty uh, pretty steady. Pretty, pretty steady hockey team. But bad, you know, they don't get a lot of publicity anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't get any publicity in the center of the hockey world from the Toronto media and the Canadian hockey media. And they don't, they're never on NBC Sports. It's not like ESPN ever talk about them or, you know what I'm saying? Like, Carolina don't get attention anywhere. You know, like the Rangers, like there's certain teams, they'll get attention if they're doing well. Carolina don't. They just fly under the radar, but they're 7-3 and three on the year. 
Yeah, seven and three, and they've got two centers out. Vincent Trocheck, you know, missed the last game. Marty Nechas uh, missed the, the, a couple of games as well. Peter Morozik's been out, so it's been James Reimer uh, having to be in net the last several games, and yet here they are with a very good start to the season. Rod Brindamore's done an outstanding job with the Hurricanes. There's no question about that. And they're playing a Dallas team that's struggling. You know, they've lost three in a row. Uh, they've got the young kid, Jake Ottinger, in net every game because uh, – and Anton Hudobin apparently missed a meeting or something or overslept uh, a team meeting or something. And ever since he did that, they've disciplined this guy and he hasn't played now in three games in net for the Stars. So they've got a distraction off the ice going on with Hudobin, which is concerning. And it hasn't reflected in their performance on the ice. They haven't really shown that. And they've we've seen this time and time. I've seen this time and time again with so many teams that when they have a distraction or there's a player causing a little bit of a ruckus, you know, off the ice, like Udobin is with Dallas, like Dubois did in Columbus, like D'Angelo did with the Rangers, all of those teams didn't play well when that commotion and that distraction was going on. And we're seeing that now with Dallas with this Udobin situation. You got Caroline off a loss. They haven't lost two in a row. I'm not laying any price with Dallas here in this game. Actually, Carolina is the uh, slight road favorite here. Yeah, I would only look Carolina in this game. I think they're the better of these two teams right now, and Dallas is in a, in a bit of a funk. Dallas have been struggling, and Dallas are a weird team. They came out of the gate. If you remember, Dallas didn't start with everybody else. They were late due to the COVID. So they, 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 were, they were put in the COVID protocol before they even played a game, and they started about a week and a half after everybody else. And they came flying out of the gate. That old, you know, oh, they're going to be rusty with COVID. No, <laughs> they came flying out of the gate. They went 4-0, but they played Nashville and Detroit, Pabetto. But since then, basically, bro, since the new year, it's been a disaster for them. They have won once. They haven't played that much. Uh, but, like, you know, since, like, literally since, like, um, you know, I should say since the month, in, the month of January, it's just been a disaster for them. They've lost five of this last six games. So they won a hockey game February 22nd. Before that, Babano, the Dallas Stars hadn't won a game since January the 28th. Like, yeah, they, uh, like the, it's, it's been rough for them. And they played a lot, guys. Like, they played a lot of games since then. Like I said, the last seven games, they've won once. So, like, Dallas Dallas are in a funk right now. And we see this, Babano. They underachieve a lot, and then they get called out and they get hot. Dallas are a streaky team, and right now they're cold. And it's unbelievable. You look at the wins. Two against Nashville, who I don't think very much of. Detroit, you know, one of the worst teams. Columbus, before they got Lion A. You know, that's, that's the wins for Dallas. They lost two already to Carolina, uh, in Carolina, and they just lost two to Chicago. So this is not a team I'm <laughs> – to me, the price looks pretty reasonable here on Carolina. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, Calgary and Vancouver. Uh, people, pressure started to build on Vancouver a little bit right now. I can tell you that locally, people are – there's a lot of pressure. I would say locally in the media, there's a lot of pressure, but they actually shut down one of their stations <laughs> uh, for whatever reason midseason that covers the team. Um, so – I guess that you know that'll help. It helps if you you know you shut the station down. They can't rip you, but the, the the Canucks are starting. The fan base and the media are starting to lose patience with the Canucks a little bit. They stumbled out of the gate. They turned the corner a bit, but ultimately they're six and ten. There's pressure on Travis Green right now, but there's more pressure on the GM. They're pissed off at the GM for the moves and the losses of the players. It's catching up to them. 
And um, you know, Calgary are better than they are. What do you make of this game, though? Can you? T- I was on the Flames last night against the Jets. What do you make of this one? Long road trip for Vancouver, and obviously it was a very, very poor one. Uh, all five g- games on the road trip, they lose. But who do they play? They played Montreal and Toronto. Clearly, they've established themselves as the top two teams in the North Division, no question. So they had a really tough road trip. You know, two great hockey teams. And I saw a little light at the end of the tunnel in the final game they played against Toronto. Now, I know they lost 3-1. But if anybody watched that game, they know the Canucks played a good game that night. They did. They outshot the Leafs 32-19. They had all kinds of chances. That was as good defensively as they had done against the Leafs during those three games. They made significant improvement defending that very potent Leafs hockey team. They deserved the two points, I thought, Monday night uh, in that 3-1 loss. I know it's them coming back home off a road trip. Usually I fade teams, Marenzi, in that spot, that first home game off a long road trip. But that last game of the road trip against Toronto was Monday. This one's on a, uh, on a Thursday. They've had at least a couple of days I think you get a good effort from Vancouver here. Calgary has not been great on the road. You look at their road results; they got swept by Winnipeg. They lost a both game, or they lost. They uh, split with Montreal. Uh, they lost uh, a couple of games at home against Toronto. It's not like the the Flames have been ripping it up either. You know they've been very inconsistent. They've been very up and down. I think it might be Vancouver's spot, and I kind of like the price. We're seeing the betting markets adjust to the Canucks' poor start. I mean, to see, you would have told me before the season, Vancouver's a plus-130 home underdog in this game against Calgary. I would have been very surprised, and I would have jumped at it. Well, maybe I'm not jumping at this one, but I'm, I'm going to play Vancouver here. I think they've got a chance to finally get off the schneid, and the price is good as a home dog. I agree with you. I think they're in a good spot as well. I, I do. And it's a good point. You and I talked about it, I think it was on Sunday night, when I said, I said, you know, I don't think Vancouver suck. They just, they can't play Montreal or Toronto. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like one of those deals where against everyone else, they seem to be fine. All right, we got a couple of more minutes with the battle. We'll get them out of here. we got a couple of West Coast games with one of the best teams in the National Hockey League, Vegas. I tell you what, it's a combination. If you're taking Vegas every day and you're taking the over at every Vegas game, you're making a lot of money. Bring it. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network, doing our part to spread the winning edge nationwide. Get on the grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Your search is over. You found it. What you've been looking for. The definitive culmination of the state of the art of of sports sports talk. talk. This is the winning edge. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. Late night anger management class. 
sit down. Ian Cameron kicking it uh, with us, thinking the Vancouver Canucks are alive. So, uh, Babano, before we get you out of here, uh, the Vegas Knights, these guys are the real deal. It's really rare that a that a expansion team comes into a league and is immediately good. And if they are, we've seen it before. Ironically, like Jacksonville and Carolina were actually good when they came into the NFL, but then they became crap again. <laughs> so, you know, like they sort of came out of the gate hot. But, you know, one thing we should know, Gary Bettman in the NHL bended over backwards for Vegas. It was actually unfair. Other expansion teams came in and got crap players. They changed the rules when Vegas came in, so teams couldn't protect everybody. And Vegas got a damn good team. But I give credit to Vegas for maintaining it, Babano. They're a damn good hockey team. And I'll tell you what, they absolutely own the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, they've beaten them nine out of the last ten times they played. <laughs> they, they own these guys. Um, they played, how many times did they played this year? They played three times this year. Vegas has won 5-2, 2-1, and 5-4. Yeah, I don't know what changes, and I won't be on Anaheim here. Uh, Vegas got the wake-up call, I believe, you know, with that third period almost meltdown. You know, they had a 4-1 lead against Anaheim. I think they fell asleep, you know, put it on cruise control, and next thing you know, it was 4-4 in that game, and then they got a late goal to rescue themselves and win 5-4. I don't think they're going to do that the second time here. I think Anaheim missed their chance. Uh, to come back and finish that comeback. And I think Vegas, you know, Anaheim's going to have Vegas's attention six. here. So I would lean to the six Knights. Six of the last seven. Six of the last seven times these two teams have played. It's gone over uh, the number as well, right? But you got to play the puck line, though. 15 seconds. I agree. Puck line. Kings. The Kings and Sharks. Quick, but bad. No analysis. Just who do you like? Don't like a side, but I like the over. San Jose's an over team. I think it gets there. Thank you. Ian Cameron. Follow him on Twitter at Babano. Bring it. See you, Gabe. Seriously. We do this 24 hours a day, every day. It's real. And it's here. We've got to come up with a better name for it than fantasy sports. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.